God, we fall down before you. We are in awe of your love toward us, God. And we're on awe that, Lord, you would even care for us because we are sinners before you, Lord. We've fallen. We've, we're weak, God. We, we, sometimes we think we are, but we're really not as you convict our hearts and our Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes, Lord, and speaks. And I pray that this day, as we get into your word, that you would speak strongly into us, Lord, that you would show us and open our eyes to the truth of your word. God, that we may grow, that we may change and be become all that you want us to be. Lord, I pray that we would not sit here thinking, yeah, I get them, I get them, no worries, you know. Lord, but that we would be truly honest and real before you, looking into the recesses, the cracks, the little crevices in our hearts, Lord, where where we don't go, Lord. We don't want to touch because we know we will find, Lord, darkness there. We'll find wickedness, and we'll find places where we give ourselves to our flesh. So, Lord, we ask that you would speak strongly to us this morning, that you would, God, transform us into your very image. So anoint this time with your Holy Spirit, and we ask this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Hey, I love this old story. Uh, it's about a young man who is determined to win the affection of a young woman who refused to even talk to him. So he decided that the way to her heart was through the mail. So he began to write her love letters showing her how devoted he is to, the, to her. So he wanted to really show the strong devotion. Well, at first he wrote a love letter every day and put it in the mail. Seven letters came to her every week, but she still didn't respond, so he increased his output to three notes every 24 hours to show how devoted his love was to her. All in all, this young man wrote more than 700 love letters to this young woman. Did all this love and devotion make a difference? It sure did. She ended up marrying the postman. <laughs> I love that story. Well, as we continue our study through the book of 1 Corinthians, Paul continues to paint a picture of what agape love really is. And in this section, as we come into this part of 1 Corinthians 13, we see love's devotion. We come to actually part three of what we've been looking at in this section of the love that touches others. And remember, that's our title. We're in part three now. We did part one, two, and now three. The last part in this section, the love that touches others. And that's our title, part three. We're going to be studying 1 Corinthians chapter 13 from the second part of verse six and verse seven. Again, as I mentioned, we're taking our time going through this because it's very important that we understand what the scriptures is saying to us and how we are to live before the Lord. So 1 Corinthians 13, 6b to verse 7, the part 3, the love that touches others. Now, in this, in this section, we've seen in our outline, number one, what love does. In part 1 and part 2, we saw what love does not. And now we actually come to part uh, 3, or number 3, I should say, in our outline, what love is devoted to. So we've seen what love does, what love does not, and today, number 3 in our outline here is what love is devoted to. Now, remember here, Paul's been writing 
that to love with agape is this highest level of spirituality you can attain in the Christian life. Remember, we came into this chapter with the Corinthian believers thinking that, hey, spiritual gifts are superior. If you have spiritual gifts, especially with the gift of tongues, hey, I'm, I'm at a higher spiritual level than anyone else. But at the end of 1 Corinthians 12, Paul wrote that, hey, there's a more excellent way. There's a higher way of living. There's something even more important, and that's to love. And so we've crossed into 1 Corinthians 13, seeing that the higher level of spiritual living is love, agape love. And that was our title, remember, the love that really matters. If you missed it, you could grab the CD. And that's agape love. That's that kind of love that will make a difference in everything that you do, even with the spiritual gifts. Remember, we saw even if you have spiritual gifts or you have gift of prophecy, gift of tongues, if you don't have love, it's what? Nothing. Nothing. I like something what uh, Mother Teresa once said. It's not how much you do, but how much love you put into what you do that counts. That's right on. That's right on the money there of the first part of 1 Corinthians 13 that we study, the love that really matters. Now, agape is the word for love here in chapter 13. It's the word most of, almost all the words of love in the New Testament is agape in the Greek. And remember that means unconditional love. It means selfless love. It means it's a love that gives without expecting anything in return. It's a love that gives even if you haven't been given love. It's a love that gives even if it hasn't been earned or they don't even deserve it. That's agape love. And so that's the kind of love, it's, that's the love that touches others. And that's what, where we are in this section. Paul now expands that idea of what agape is by giving us this picture. He's painting a portrait of what agape love is. And so this being so important for all believers, he makes sure we really understand what it is by going through what we've been studying. Remember, we saw that love that touches others first in our part one. We saw what love does in our outline, what love does. And that's the first two things we saw in verse four, right? Where it says, love suffers long and is kind. Love suffers long. Agape love is willing to be offended, take the hits. It suffers long. Love is kind. Agape love is willing to do or say things unconditionally in a kind way for the sake of others. Then we saw in our outline what love does not. And there was eight things here. And we saw that in the first part and last time we were together and began with love does not envy there, right? In verse four. Agape love is not being jealous about what someone has or does. It's being really happy for them. Love does not boast, we saw. Agape love is not about voicing your greatness, but thinking of others greater than yourself. Love does not puff up or puff itself up. Agape love is not about lifting yourself up in your thinking, but lifting others up in your heart. Then we saw in verse 5, love does not behave rudely, right? Agape love is never impolite or insensitive, but treats others with 
great respect. And then verse 5 says, love does not seek its own. Another thing what love does not is love does not seek its own way. That's the idea. Agape love is not about seeking self first, but seeks to have the other person first. And we saw that love does not react badly or love is not provoked here. It, love doesn't react badly. Agape love will never allow itself to get so irritated or annoyed that it lashes out in anger. You know, I was thinking about these last two things. Does not seek its own way or does not provoke or react badly. You know, uh, over here, we, we, have, we, we drive with aloha, right? I mean, we let people, oh, oh, come in, cut in there or let, you know, you stop even though you have the right of way. Let them make a turn or, uh, you know, as we drive in traffic or, or on the road. Oh, you guys you ever drive in the mainland? It's crazy, right? It, I was just telling a man the other day that, oh, in the men's house, it's like dog eat dog over there. It's like about me. It's like get out of my way. It's like I'm first. And oh, last time we were driving down the freeway, now the speed limit's a lot higher, right? It's like I think I was going like 65. But even in 65, in the fasting, a guy came and just, just, just like, Passed, went right in front of me, passed me, ran right in front of me, came so close to me at 65. I thought, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm surprised there's not more accidents, you know, on the freeway in that way. They don't care. People don't care. It's all about themselves. But, you know, when someone does that to you, how do you feel? You're like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, you know, kind of thing. But that's not aloha. That's not love right? That's not what it does. Lo love doesn't seek its own way. Love does not react badly. Well, then the seventh thing that we saw what love does not do in verse 5 was love does not keep a record of wrongs. That's what love thinks no evil means. We saw that last time. Agape love forgives and releases past hurts instead of holding on to it. It keeps no record, thinks no evil. Thinks no is a counting term we learned last week. And so it keeps no record of wrongs. Hold, that's a hard one. And then we went into verse 6 last time. We ended with the last what love does not. And that's love does not rejoice in iniquity. Love does not rejoice in wrongdoing. Agape love never takes any pleasure in sin. In, in what's, what's wrong. Or we saw there's another way to look at this is love does not rejoice in the bad that happens to other people. It takes no, I call it, call it glad satisfaction. You know, where you're like, oh yeah, he, oh, he deserves that. Oh, he got that. You know, when you hear of something bad happening to them. I mean, God's not into that. I was thinking about Proverbs 24, 17. It says, do not rejoice when your enemy fails and do not let your heart be glad when he stumbles. Now, how many of you was, have been rejoicing or your heart was glad when, you, when your enemy or someone who hurt you, when they stumbled, when they fell? Yeah. How many of you? Yeah, I, I, I raised my hand, you know. You're not raising your hand. What's going on? Are you perfect? Okay, never mind. Let's go home. No, just kidding. This is what true love is, right? This, this is what God wants us to be, how God wants us to act, what, how God wants us to love each other. And you know what? This is the love that makes a difference in people's lives. This is the love that touches others. Are you loving others like you should? 
I mentioned now, I'm going to mention again for the third time, you're going to have a tough week this week. You probably already had a tough week last week and the week before. You know what? Because it's this subject. Because we're being tested on how we are to love one another in situations, in our responses, in the things that happens to us. How are we responding? Are we applying these things in our life? So we're going to have a tough week, a challenging week, and, and you probably already have had that week. And maybe, oh, you know, you were tempted to say, I'm not coming to church this week because I want to have a good week this week you know kind of thing but you know what this is what God is doing in our lives but perhaps as we are all learning here these things in the past three weeks perhaps you're finding something else in the challenges perhaps you're finding something else in the hard times perhaps you're finding when you respond with this true love with this agape didn't you find a miracle happening did you find something happening differently than has ever happened before did you see God moving in a way that you, that wow when you start to live this way when you start to apply what we're learning in our relationships in the situations in the attacks in it from the enemy in the hurts and pains that you receive did you see a miracle happening Someone's telling me this week that, hold on, when what they're learning, they responded and, and, and it flipped around. And, and, and the, the person actually came back to them, was apologizing. Have you seen that working in your life? That's what God wants to do in our life. That's what loving with agape, that's what happens. We change. We start to, to, to live differently. God's love starts to flow out. And you know what? No one can stop that love. And, and, and that love is going to make changes and miracles all around you. I want to share with you, the, uh, uh, I read about the Menninger Clinic in Kansas. Uh, they have an interesting approach to their patients. They require the staff to love. They say this, from the top psychiatrists down to the electricians and caregivers, all contacts with patients must manifest Love, And they put it this way. And it is to be love unlimited. And I'm thinking, oh, that's agape love right there. The result was that hospitalization time was cut in half. There was a woman who for three years sat in a rocking chair and never said a word to anyone. The doctor called the nurse and said, Mary, I'm giving you Mrs. Brown as your patient. All I'm asking you to do is to love her till she gets well. Well, the nurse tried it. She got a rocking chair of the same kind as Mrs. Brown, sat alongside in her every day, and loved her every morning, noon, and night. The third day now, just three days later, the patient spoke, and in a week she was out of her shell and completely well. That's a miracle, guys. That's an example of what this love will do. So I'm encouraging you guys. Yeah, it's been challenging. It's hard. Yeah, we're fighting our flesh and we're battling that. Yeah, but you know what? We're learning. We're learning how to love for real. We're learning how to have the Holy Spirit produce that fruit in our lives. We're learning how to see the and experience the power of God give us the ability to love. So guys, be encouraged. Be encouraged because God's going to, wow, get on us 
again <laughs> in the next message. Well, anyway, let's go on now to number three now, what love is devoted to. Number three in this outline, we've seen what love does, what love does not. And as we're going to this passage, now number three is what love is devoted to. And this is the love that touches others. We're going to see five things. So we're, let's, let's go to verse six now, 1 Corinthians 13, the second part. Last time we saw love does not rejoice in iniquity. And now Paul says here, verse six, but rejoices in the truth. Now, here's the first thing we find here today, what love is devoted to. Love is devoted to the truth. Love is devoted to the truth. We begin with this first thing. Now, when I say devoted, understand in your mind that love is loyal now to the truth. And what is the truth? This is the truth of God's word, the truth of God. The truth of God is found in God's word, so love is loyal to the truth of God's word. So in contrast, if you think about what we saw and ended with last week in verse 6, love does not rejoice in iniquity, we see that love is not happy with sin, evil, no matter even if it happens to another person. But here's the thing, love is glad about the truth. In other words, agape is not happy about sin or iniquity. Love then finds joy when God's word is upheld. Second John verse 6 says, this is love or agape that we walk according to his commandments. I like that. That's real love. Obeying the word of God and real love is happy about the truth of God. That's what love is about. Now, the idea here, if you want to think about it, I, I was thinking about it this way. Have you ever seen that bumper sticker on cars that says coexist? You ever seen that? Coexist. And then it's spelled out with symbols, right? Sim the letters are like, like the, the crescent moon of Islam or the star of David, which is Judaism, or the uh, Wiccan symbols, you know, and the yin-yang symbols or the peace symbol and all that. And so the idea is it's showing all these religions and philosophies can exist together, coexist. Now, many hold to this, quote-unquote, ecumenical idea, saying, yeah, we just need to get along, yeah? We just need to show what? Love, right? But what do we see in here? True agape love does not compromise the truth of the Word of God. Now, I'm not saying that we don't talk to people in other religions or philosophies, you know. I, I'm not saying that we don't love on them. I mean, we want to win them to the truth through love to Jesus Christ. But we will not join in on their thinking that all religions, all oh, they lead to the same place. All religions can get together in philosophies. No, we will not compromise, compromise what's in God's word the principles and the truths about jesus christ and what he's done and that he is the lord god let me put it this way love does not love at the expense of truth that's the idea think of it this way maybe some people will say well you know god is love right so even if i sin even if i compromise here and all that it's okay because god loves me yeah? And they justify any compromise. They justify yeah, that I can go and just do wrong. But remember Paul said in Romans 6, Shall we sin that grace may abound? No, that, that's not what it's about. God is holy too. He is love, but he's holy and he will judge sin. He is against sin. 
So we cannot just say, well, God is love and put a blanket over everything and say it's okay. Cannot. Cannot. No. Love is devoted to the truth. Now, another way to look at this is that love is glad when things are done according to God's word. Someone said, if, said this, if someone falls into sin, don't gloat, but grieve because that is God's attitude toward uh, sin. And so that's the idea of does not rejoice in iniquity. But then they wrote this, and if they repent, love rejoices. I like that thought. That's the idea. It, it it's not, doesn't rejoice that they sinned, but it does rejoice when they biblically turn to the Lord and repent and turn from their sin and begin to follow, follow the Lord. You know, in Luke chapter 7, a woman broke open this expensive alabaster jar of perfume and anointed Jesus. You remember that story? She washed his feet with her tears of repentance and, and, and wiped her, his feet with her hair. Now, the Pharisees in the room, they condemned her. The Pharisees in the room even condemned Jesus, like, how could you allow this girl, this woman to do that? Why would they say that? Because she was, she was a prostitute. She was a prostitute, right? Well, did, did Jesus condemn her too? Yeah, you sinner, get out of here. Did he get angry? No. Because of her repentance, because of what she did, Jesus received her, forgave her, and love rejoiced in her repentance so love rejoices in the truth means that love is devoted to the truth and agape get, gladly holds and supports things that are done according to the word of God get that in your minds love rejoices in the truth means love is devoted to the truth agape gladly holds and supports things that are done according to the word of God I think many times I've seen situations where maybe a loved one or, 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 a, or an adult child in a family gets into drugs or, and has that life. And, and it's hard. It's so difficult on the family. You take steps, you know, to help them. You take steps and love them. They keep coming back to you for money and this. But then there has to come a time where love, right, will not rejoice in iniquity, will draw the line, says no, cannot, no. Where you have to draw the line, put the foot down, say, no, you cannot live here. No matter how hard that is because you cannot partake and enable their sin, right? But then there will come a day when they repent and when they're very real about it and they biblically come and do 180 and, and they're not just remorse but they're really repentant and then you open your doors and you rejoice. That's that idea. Love does not rejoice in iniquity, but you know what? It does rejoice when they're here. You know, forever, they're cut off. No, you're looking for that day, yeah, when they will turn around and come to you. There's a time to open your heart to that. And this is the time where love rejoices in the truth. There's a time when we can, we can be happy for them in the steps that they take. Many years ago, a woman was pulled over in Windsor, Connecticut, and as she was wondering what she did wrong, the police officer handed her what looked like a ticket. And you know what? He handed her this and, and said, your driving is great. We appreciate it. 
what it was was see the county put in this new program to reward safe drivers two dollars for obeying the speed limit or wearing the safety belts or using turn signals or having children in car seats they actually wanted to to reward like rejoice and be glad about those who were really doing the right thing Love rejoices in the truth. It means love is devoted to the truth and agape love gladly holds and supports things that are done according to the word of God. I think about it this way too. I'm convicted that sometimes, you know what, our emotions get the best of us, yeah, sometimes. Sometimes we're, yeah, we're, we're, we're hurt because someone did something or, or our child didn't do what they're supposed to do and, and we get upset over it and we ride that condemning wave even when they've really turned around, even when they've really repented, even when they're trying to do the right thing, but you're still back here, yeah, on that condemning way. Let's watch out because love rejoices in the truth. Love is devoted to truth. Yes, it won't rejoice in iniquity, but it gladly holds and supports things that are done according to the word of God. Let's move on here now to verse 7, 1 Corinthians 13, 7. Paul now puts this out, bears all things. Love bears all things. Number two years, love is devoted to be a support. That's the idea here. Love is devoted to be a support. Bears here, the word here means covers. Literally means covers or roof over. But it also can mean supports, covers or supports. It speaks of putting up with others' faults by covering it. Now that doesn't mean it turns a blind eye to wrong done because love does not rejoice in iniquity. But this kind of love doesn't expose the wrongs. It protects it. It guards the person from intentional shame upon it them. First Peter chapter 4 verse 8 he wrote and above all things have fervent love for one another for love will cover a multitude of sins. And notice it says bears what? All things. Yeah. Not some things. Not certain things. Not what, what I feel like kind of things. But all things, any annoyance, any difficulty, any disappointments, any, any hurtful things that have been shot at you. No, love is devoted there to cover, to support. Spurgeon said, love stands in the presence of a fault with a finger on her lip. I like that, like, yeah, stopping it from coming out. I read about this elderly man who shared how as a boy he overheard a neighbor share some shocking things to his mother. Later, the mommy realized what the boy had heard, so he asked the boy, if Mrs. Brown left her purse here, would you give it to someone else? Oh, no, the boy replied. So the mom said, she left something more precious, and that story could hurt and cause many unhappiness. It still belongs to her, so we shall not pass it on. So the elderly man said, and you know what? I haven't said another word about it. Since then, I learned careless gossip is not mine to share, for love seeks to cover sin and not distribute it. I like that. I think that really gives us this idea of what this is about. Love bears all things. You know what that means? Love is devoted to be a support 
Even though they done wrong, you're not going to go shame them. You know what? Love is devoted to be a support. Agape love is not about shaming, but being there for them even in their mistakes. That's the point here. Love bears all things mean love is devoted to be a support. Agape is not about shaming, but being there for them even in their mistakes. Though we deal in discipline, Kristen and I have always tried to be there for our kids. Even in the worst of times, even in the worst of mistakes, even in the bad choices, even, even when oh, it, 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 just, it just pains me, you know, to see what they, they have done. I tell them, though, in the hard issues, in the hard times, I always say, I love you. And you know what? We will get through this together. You know, I want to show support. Why? Because they're our own. They're our own kids. It's, it, we're family. This is what family does. Even when they've wronged me or they've done wrong, even though, oh, they disappointed me or my expectations, you know what? I want to show support even when they have done wrong. I don't say, you know what? Get out of here. Get out. Of here. I disown you, you miserable person. You know, I can't stand you. I don't. No. You know why? Because we're family no matter what. For me, this is what family does. That's what it means no matter what. We stick together through thick and thin to support each other. And I'm finding, you know what? That's what agape love is. That's what agape love is like this, but even more. Love bears all things. It means love is devoted. Yeah. To be a support. Agape is not about shaming, but being there for them even in their mistakes. You know, love's not going to say, well, that is so typical of you. Yeah? No, love says, you know what? I know you made a mistake. And even if it hurts me, I'm still here for you. Hey, it's easy, right, to be a support when the other person is doing good. Yeah? Oh, yeah, I'm there for you, yeah? Hey, but it's hard, yeah, when they do something you think they should do, but they don't. How do you handle that? How do you really handle it? Agape love is what? Unconditional love. It's selfless love. It gives even when they don't deserve it, right? This, is, this brings it down. The rubber meets the road. Love bears all things. Love is devoted to support them even in their mistakes. Being there for them even in their mistakes. Love bears the pain, the hurt, the disappointments. It doesn't pile on more to them. It doesn't take revenge on them. It doesn't show them a lesson. No. Love is devoted to be a support. Think about this. I was thinking about how disappointed Noah's sons were when in Genesis chapter 9 when they found their own father, yeah, asleep naked because he had gotten drunk. Yeah. Do you remember the story? Ham went in there, found the father naked and, and you know, all, you know, asleep because he had got drunk. Ham went out and told his brothers, and when we studied Genesis, it seemed like he mocked the father, like he resented the dad, dad when he told the brothers. But what did Shem and Japheth do? They went in backwards, holding a garment. I picture like a coat, a big coat, a blanket. They went backwards to not see a shame. 
They went in backwards with this garment between them, holding them and covered their father rather than join in the disgrace there. This is love, guys. Love bears all things. Love is devoted to be a support. It's not about shaming, but being there for them even in their mistakes. Well, let's go on here now. Paul then lists believes all things. Believes all things. Love believes all things. Number three here, love is devoted to believe the best. Love is devoted to believe the best. Believe, we know what that means, put faith or trust in. And here, it's, it's believing, believing the best of the other person. And again, it says believes what? All things about them. In all areas, in, in all situations, we believe the best. That's, that's love. John Moffat said, Lo- love is always eager to believe the best. Eager, I like that. that the, the, that's I don't know. I'm not always eager, yeah? I'm always eager to do the other side, yeah? To look at the worst. Now, this doesn't mean believers are, are gullible, you know? They're dumb. They can't see. or They just trust anybody. No. It means believers are willing to think the best of someone, not the worst. In other words, love gives a benefit of a doubt if you really love someone. So love believes all things. That means love is devoted to believe the best. Agape, love doesn't lose faith in someone and will not first think of the worst. Say that again. Love believes all things means love is devoted to believe the best. Agape doesn't lose faith in someone and will not first think of the worst. I think about our country, our laws say what? Innocent until what? Proven guilty. You don't auto, we're not supposed to automatically think, oh, they did a crime, that's it, that, right? Right? That's how they are to be proved that way. Well, well, isn't that what Paul's saying here? Yeah? Innocent until proven guilty. Isn't, we're going to believe the best. We're not always going to judge them or, 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 or read into them saying, yeah, they're like that and they, this is probably what they did. Yeah? Tell you what, that's what Satan likes to put in our minds, right? Oh, this, when you don't understand something or there's no communication and you start thinking, oh, they did this because of that and it's because of that and you create this whole picture, yeah? Then later you talk to them and you find out, well, it wasn't that at all, right? Why? Because the enemy wants to divide us, right? And, and so we get all these thoughts and make this picture about this person, they did this because of that and they, because they don't like me or they're this or that. But in reality... It wasn't that. But if you really love, love believes all things. Love is devoted to believe the best. Agape love doesn't lose faith in someone not first think of the worst. How about you this morning? Do you tend to see the worst first? Yeah? Is that what you, you, you tend, tend to do? I mean, some of us are more pessimistic yeah, than optimistic. Some of us are more critical yeah, then more, oh, yeah, yeah, that's, you know, on the positive side. Be careful. Be careful. Be careful, you know, that these things come, don't come out of your mouth. Like, that someone comes, oh, I'm going to be doing this. What? You? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Be careful. Yeah. You can't, you're not, you can't do that. Be careful, right? That's not love. It only crushes, Yeah. Lord, oh, yeah, right, yeah, kind of thing. 
No, love's first thought is the best, not the worst. After um, some rough times in their relationship, a man decided to really show his wife how much he loved her. So before he came home from work, he showered, he shaved, doused himself, with, uh, really doused himself with cologne and bought her some flowers. And rather than just walking through the door, he, he decided to surprise her. And so he knocked on the front door. Well, his wife came to the door. And uh, his wife, first thing she said, oh, no, this has been a terrible day. First I had to take Billy to the emergency room. The dog did this. And then the washing machine broke. And now this, you come home drunk. Because <laughs> all the cologne and stuff, right? <laughs> We tend to see the worst in people rather than the best. And that's not love. All right. Paul goes on and says, hopes all things. Number four years, love is devoted to hope for the better. Love is devoted to hope for the better. Hopes here, the word means confident expectation of the future. We understand that. We know the word hope, right? Hope speaks, remember, of looking forward not looking back, yeah, looking forward. I like what John MacArthur said. He wrote, as long as God's grace is operative, human failure is never final. What a thought, yeah. As long as God's grace is around on people, you know what? He, failure is not final in anybody. Isn't that great to know? Even in my life, I'm glad of God's grace and he continues to pour that grace. And we just sang, oh, how he loves me. Yeah, if grace is an ocean, I'm drowning, right? Because he gives us so much grace. I'm glad he doesn't give up on me. Love refuses to take failure as final. We always hope that the other person will do better. We'll hope for the better in that other person. Think about it this way. Did God take Israel's failure as the final end? No. And even today, we understand the prophecies in Revelation that one day, in Ezekiel, that one day as we learn God will deal with Israel and save Israel, that they will come to know Jesus Christ as their Messiah. It's prophesied. God has not given up. Did Jesus take Peter's failure as that's it? No more potential, yeah? When Peter denied him, yeah, three times, did he say, ah, Peter, see you later. I got to get another apostle, yeah? No, no. Jesus went back to him. Jesus kept working with him, right? Peter became one of the number one guys in the book of Acts, bringing the gospel, preaching, bring, bringing many God used him to bring many thousands and thousands to Jesus Christ. Did Paul take the Corinthian believers' failure as we've been studying? Here is the final destiny of the church. No, he wrote this letter and he even wrote another one and we're going to be studying that after we Paul 1 Corinthians. No, with God, what? All things are what? Possible. And that means all things are possible for you and me to become the men and women of God he wants us to be. There's hope there. So love, as we look to one another, love refuses to acknowledge defeat. 
So love hopes all things. That means love is devoted to hope for the better. Agape love is about knowing God is working a plan no matter what it looks like. No matter what it looks like. No matter what you think it is in your mind. No matter. God is God and He's working. He loves us. He loves each other. He's reaching out. He's moving. He's doing the work. Love hopes all things mean love is devoted to hope for the better. And so we need to do that. Agape love is about knowing this. God is working a plan no matter what it looks like. We don't take failures final we refuse to acknowledge defeat and we continue to love the other person no matter what it looks like this missionary opened a letter with a crisp new ten dollar bill inside and it was desperately needed but her eyes as she opened the letter were drawn to this shabbily dressed man just just across the street from where she was staying so she decided to put ten dollars in the envelope and she wrote on the 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 envelope she wrote don't despair and tossed it out her second story window well the man picked it up read don't despair the note looked up tipped his hat to her and he took off surprisingly the next day there was a knock on the door and this same man handed her this whole fat roll of bills and then he said there's the 60 bucks ma'am don't despair paid five to one you get it? <laughs> he took it all wrong. <laughs> well, you know what? Don't despair. <laughs> God is working. God is working even in the disappointments. God is working even in the failures of what you feel like someone's doing. God is working even in attacks. God is working. God has a plan for you and that other person. So we keep loving with the hope that God will work things out for the better. Yeah, it's op optimistic. Yeah, it is. But this is what the Word of God is saying. This is the hope that we have in God. So don't put limits on your love. Don't give up on that person saying, you know, I'm done with them. No, we still love. Let's go on here now. Paul says, endures all things. This is the last thing we're going to see. And number five, the last thing is love is devoted to holding on. Love is devoted to holding on. Endures here. Love endures all things. Paul writes in endures is the Greek word hupomeno. Hupomena, and you know what? This is a military term of an army holding their position at all costs, standing their ground no matter how hard the fight gets, no matter how painful, no matter how much suffering comes. It endures, and that's what love does. Love holds on, love holds out, love hangs in there. Love endures what? All things, right? Not just to a certain point. Not just, well, I can last this long, but if they do this, that's it. No, it's all things. The bad, the worst, the unbearable endures all things. Bruce Barton wrote in his commentary, they hold on no matter what difficulties they face. Hardship and pain do not stop love. And then John Phillips wrote, Love remains under the load. I like that. 
no matter how long it takes and no matter what else is piled on top. I love that. I love that picture. So love endures all things. It means love is devoted to holding on. Agape love will endure whatever comes its way, no matter what. Let me say that again. Love endures all things means love is devoted to holding on. Agape love will endure whatever comes its way, no matter what. You know, there's that saying, right? When the going gets tough, what? The tough get going, right? Well, that's this love. That's what agape is. When the going gets tough, then you know what? Then love really gets going. That's the idea. That's what agape is about. Are you easily turned by the hard times? Are you easily turned by the, 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 the difficult times in your relationships? Are you easily turned and you, you easily give up on, on it? You're, you break it off? Is it hard for you to handle? That's not this kind of love that Paul is writing about. How, uh, let me ask you this. Is loyalty important to you? I know it is in my life. It's something I try and teach our kids and our, and our family and our family loyalty to one another no matter what. Is loyalty important to you in a relationship? Some of you guys, yeah, because, oh, you know, they, they betrayed me or they broke that loyalty. Loyalty, yeah, it's very important. And we all hold that important in our lives. But how far will your loyalty go? That's the question. Agape love causes us to go farther than you think your loyalty is, wherever that is. Yeah? Maybe your loyalty is whew, way over here. But I tell you, we all have a tendency to have a line somewhere, all of us. That line. Right? And we'll go that far, but something happens. And, you, and, and something happens again and again and again. Then finally you reach that line. That's it. But I want to put in your mind this thought. Agape love calls us to go farther than we think. And we've decided where that loyalty is. That's what agape love is. That's what it means here. Love endures all things. Love is devoted, devoted to holding on. Agape love will endure whatever, all things, whatever comes in its way, no matter what. And when it gets really tough, love, that's when agape gets going. It's easy to do when it's nice. But when the hard situations happen, when the relationships, when things go on, oh, that's when you're tested. But I'm asking you, and I'm trying to put in your mind, agape goes farther than what you think it should go. It's all things here. Think, look at it this way. Look at what God has done for you, right? Look how far his agape love, how, how much he's put up with, how, how much he's endured, Right? I think about myself, my failures, my weaknesses. Uh, I've, I've hurt other people. I've, I've, I've failed God, hurt God. I've sinned before him. Yet, did God give up? Is God still here? Does God still give me grace? Yeah. He gives me mercy every day. I shouldn't be up here standing in front of you. But it's God. And I think about, look at what God has done. God wants me 
to be like him and to go farther than what I have set my borders of loyalty. Love is devoted. This is what love is devoted to. It endures all things. Try this, and it's been said many times, right? Put your name in the place of love here. Like, Rick suffers long. Rick is kind. I'll tell you what, I failed on the first one. I cannot go on. I cannot put my name in there because I already failed. I'm like, oh my Lord, I failed. I, I can't be like that. I cannot. I, I, I failed twice already. We cannot, but Jesus can, and Jesus has. Put Jesus' name in there then, and you'll see, you'll see the picture now. Jesus suffers long. Jesus is kind. Jesus does not envy. Jesus does not parade himself. Jesus is not puffed up. Verse 5, Jesus does not behave rudely. Jesus does not seek its own, is not provoked. Jesus thinks no evil, keep a record of wrong. Jesus does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Jesus bears all things. Jesus believes all things. Jesus hopes all things. Jesus endures all things. Oh, Jesus has been devoted, yeah, to us. Jesus has been loyal to us. And this is the kind of love Jesus saying, hey, if I've been that way to you, shouldn't you be to others? Listen now, someone paraphrase really this last section of we've seen, uh, well, the section of 1 Corinthians 13 that we've seen. They paraphrase it this way. Love bears all hurts, wounds, sins, and disappointments, covers them with a blanket of silence, feels sympathetic, and even bears the pain. Love believes the best about somebody, is never cynical, and is never suspicious, in spite of the way it's been wounded. And when love's believing is betrayed, Love turns to hope because God is still God and he can do anything. And even when hope grows thin and all hope seems lost, love endures. It endures all the deep hurt that seems to final uh, with a triumphant confidence that, that God who gives his children peace is still on the throne. I love that. This is agape. This is what I call true aloha. Will we be committed to it? Will we be committed to live this out? Not, not just saying we will, right? But really doing this. I'll close with this story about a couple who had been married for 15 years and they're having more than the usual disagreements and they wanted to make their marriage work so they both agreed on this idea. For one month, they would drop a slip of paper into their own what they t titled uh, fault box. The boxes would provide a place to let the other know about daily irritation. So the wife was diligent, writing things like leaving the wet towel on the floor. Uh, another note was dirty socks in the middle of the room, not the hamper. Or not putting the, the top on the jelly jar or putting the seat down on the toilet, right? On and on it went for a month. Well, after dinner, at the end of the month, they exchanged boxes. Well, the husband opened his reflected on all what he did wrong and asked for forgiveness. Then it was the wife's turn. He opened her box and began reading what the husband had put inside. To her surprise, every note that was inside, each note said the same thing. I just want to say, I love you. 
That's it. That's it. That's the kind of love that even if it's hurt, disappointed, annoyed, betrayed, wounded, whatever, it returns with one thing, love. And that's the love that touches others. Let's pray. God, we are faced, Lord, with a choice. Are we going to love, Lord, like this agape love that you shown us, a love that really matters and a love that touches others, that it's this kind of agape you are calling us to live out, to give, to be. It is the same love, God, that you are. God is love. And it's the same love, Lord, that you love us with. And it's the love that you call us to let flow through us, Lord, by your Holy Spirit. God, I, I look at a mountain before me. I look at something that well, I don't know if I can make it up and conquer. I, I don't know if I can really do this. But God, we know it is only by your power and ability that we can. Our flesh seems so strong, so against this. Our, self, our selfishness, Lord, seems to always be pulling us away. Lord, it seems that the enemy wants us to fail in these areas and bring situations and, and things that will irritate and annoy us, annoy us and bring up, up emotions, even deep emotions, Lord, that we thought were, were gone. But Lord, it's all part of your plan to help us grow. And Lord, we just bow before you and we ask that you first forgive us of our failure in this. And we ask, Lord, that you would help us, God. That you would supernaturally do a miracle in our lives and give us this love to love others with. Lord, I pray over the situations, God, that we are in the middle of in relationships, Lord, within our family or our marriage or friends or co-workers or whatever that that situation is God Lord I pray over them right now that you would help the believers here today to love in this manner Lord I pray that that you'd give us soft hearts Lord I pray that you'd give us the forgiveness Lord to give I pray Lord that you would help us quench the emotions and put out the fire of emotions that tend to just control us, Lord. And that you'd help us surrender ourselves under the control of the Holy Spirit that you would fill us now. God, help us. We need you. We want this love that touches others because we know that that's what you're calling us to be. And where you call us, Lord, you will provide the ability. And so we are here today asking for that seeking that, knocking for that, Lord, for your Holy Spirit to come. As our heads are bowed right now and as, as we are before the Lord and in the past few weeks we covered so much and, and I just want to give each of you guys an opportunity before the Lord to ask for that help. Perhaps you're struggling right now. Perhaps there's... Perhaps you didn't even want to come today or perhaps you tuned out on some things because it's so hard and hurtful to deal with. 
Well, this is the time the Holy Spirit wants to help you. If, if you want help to love in this manner and that you've failed in this way of agape and you want forgiveness and you want a cleansing, you want a new start, I want you to just stand up right now where you stay. Stand up. Show the Lord, I want this. Stand up before him. Say, God, help me. Raise both hands and surrender your life to him. Stand up before him. God bless you guys. God bless you. Anyone else? You're struggling in this area. You want to change your life. Perhaps you come here and you never received Christ even. And hearing all this, you know it's only through Jesus that you can be made right. If you want to receive Jesus this morning, I want you to stand up. Stand up. Tell him, I want you, Jesus. I want to receive you in my life. Perhaps you've been wandering from God. That you've been lukewarm. You've been, you, you wandered away from God. You've been living a worldly life, but it's time now to rededicate your life to him. I want you to stand up right now. Show them right now. Anyone else? Anyone else want the Holy Spirit to give them that love this morning? Anyone else? Just stand up before him. Lord, I pray for those who stood up, God, who struggled in these areas and who need your help, God. And Lord, as I put my hands out, Lord, I, I pray over them and I pray upon them and I lay hands upon them, God, that you would touch them now with your spirit that they would feel, God, your presence coming down and into them, that your spirit would come, that you would cleanse them of their sin, forgive them, God, and that they would see and feel a second chance with you. And, Lord, that you would fill them with overflowing, God, with your agape love. God, give them the forgiveness, Lord, so much so that they can give it out, Lord. Give it out to those who have wronged them, that have hurt them, that have disappointed them, those, God, that, that have done so much to them, Lord, that there's a root of bitterness starting to grow. Pray that you would free them from that bitterness, from that bondage. Pull out the roots. Make them disappear, God, and that you would now fill them with your love to be given out, Lord. Your forgiveness to be given out, Lord. And that you would bring healing right now upon them. A healing of the hurt, of the pain, of the suffering. A healing that, that God, that will go deep down, Lord, from years of hurt, from, from, from long time hurt, even from, from childhood days that you would heal them, God. Even go deep down by your Holy Spirit and touch, Lord. Come upon us right now, Lord. Baptize us, Lord. Fill us with your spirit, God, and your touch. We need you. We cannot live this life without you. And God, as we have all acknowledged, Lord, in, in, in just saying and standing before you saying, God, Lord, we need your help. And we're making the choice today, the decision to love like this the best we can by your power, Lord, Lord. Give them the love and the power to do this. As you see, Lord, the, the decisions, the decision they have made to love, to love with agape. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I know you're changing us. And from this day on, 
we're going to be different. We're going to be different because you, by your power, not us, by your power, Jesus, you are transforming us. You are making us into your very image. Thank you, Jesus. Pray over everyone now. Pray for myself. Pray for everybody here. In Jesus' name, amen.